plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily podcast on the Jacksonville Jaguars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Jaguars. I'm your host, Kerry Belkin. Locked On Jaguars is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the fastest growing audio network in the world today. Don't forget to check out Locked On NFL or Locked On NBA or any of the other podcasts dedicated to bringing you the most unique and fresh perspective surrounding your favorite team. And we do that every Monday through Friday again right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Earlier in the week, I talked about uh, how I didn't like, I wasn't comfortable with the way the Gus Bradley firing was handled. Really, all the signs point to the Jaguars only firing uh, Bradley when they did because it was made convenient for them, as the Rams had just previously, uh, earlier in the week, fired uh, head coach Jeff Fisher. Uh, So that made the decision that set the precedent for them, and then Jacksonville went ahead and Uh, Dropped the axe following Sunday's loss to the Texans. They had already made that decision, though, prior to the game. Um, And what I, I guess I had a problem, not necessarily with firing Gus Bradley. I think that that's obviously necessary. Um, That was going, he was going to get fired. Uh, And I honestly believe that it was time for a change. I just don't think the way Jacksonville did it was the way you should have done it. They apparently let him know that he was getting fired uh, after the players the players were just leaving the locker room in an Archie Stadium when Gus Bradley was informed. And then this is the part that I had a problem with. He he rode back um, on the on the plane, the charter plane, I guess, with uh, the Jaguars. There was no formal address to the players, so the players didn't know. The interesting thing is that the players found out through social media that Gus Bradley was fired, or the majority of them found out through social media that Gus Bradley was fired, and then he ended up talking to most of the players, you know, individually, I guess, on the plane. And apparently it was really awkward. Uh, guys didn't know what to say to Gus Bradley. And in fairness, what would you have said if you were on that plane? You had just found out that the coach that led you into the game earlier in the day had gotten fired. It's really your fault. Um, 
you know, and he's not only did he get fired, but he's on the plane riding back with you guys. Cinderic Marks was one of the, uh, was a player that wasn't comfortable um, with it, and he said as much. He said that he wouldn't have done it uh, the way that Jacksonville management did. Uh, he wouldn't have made him ride the plane back, in essence. Uh, again, that was pretty awkward. But, you know, that's the, the nature of the business. Speaking of the nature of the business, uh, the Pro Bowl rosters were released Tuesday, and naturally, Jacksonville did not have any Pro Bowl selections. Here's the miserable part. Uh, Jacksonville was one of six teams with zero Pro Bowl selections, and the Browns, of all teams in the NFL, the Browns had more Pro Bowl selections than the Jaguars. And yes, those are the very same Cleveland Browns that have yet to win a game this year. And they have one more Pro Bowler than Jacksonville does. But in fairness, Joe Thomas, the left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, is one of the better tackles in the league. And he completely deserves to go. Uh, as far as Jacksonville players, offensively, you can't really make a case for any of them. Uh, the one, like at the beginning of the season, the one that you thought would have the best chance would be Allen Robinson, but his season has completely tanked. And so that's why he obviously is not a part of the Pro Bowl this year in Orlando, right around the corner, by the way. Um, I don't think you can make the case for anybody on offense, obviously. The offense this year has been dreadful. It starts with Blake Bortles. It ends with Blake Bortles. But there was, there's really been nobody on this offense uh, that you can make a case for. Defensively, there are actually some, some uh, defenders on this team that you could have made a legitimate case for. Jalen Ramsey, obviously, again, in the running for defensive rookie of the year, had a hell of a performance this past uh, this past game in Houston. The problem that Ramsey had, I guess, with the with the Pro Bowl is not necessarily one of production. You'd like to see him grab a, a you know an interception or two more. Um, well, a, a couple more than that actually. He only has one on the season. Um, I don't necessarily think production is or was the biggest factor um, in Ramsey not making it because he has performed really well throughout the season. I think the biggest obstacle Ramsey uh, faced really in the Pro Bowl voting and that ultimately cost him a spot in the Pro Bowl was really depth. Uh, you look at guys in the AFC like Marcus Peters, really the entire Denver Broncos cornerback core, there is a lot of depth at the cornerback position. And the actual starters for the AFC, or the actual cornerbacks for the AFC, uh, in, in, the, in their totality, are Marcus Peters from Kansas City, 
Akib Talib, and Chris Ward, both of whom are from Denver, and Casey Hayward, who is from San Diego. Basically, they just took most of the entire AFC West and stuck them on the outside. And that's how they came up with the cornerbacks for the Pro Bowl. So Ramsey had an uphill battle right there. Um, Another guy, really there's two other guys you could have considered, I guess, for uh, defensively uh, making the Pro Bowl from uh, from this team. Telvin Smith, I think, had an outside shot. And uh, Malik Jackson is another guy who had an outside shot. Uh, Malik Jackson has been playing better as of late. Hasn't been there really all all season long. Sort of uh, turned it around in the middle of the year. And ultimately, it's not really a surprise that the Jaguars record somewhat had something to do uh, with the lack of pro bowlers this year. Ironically, the the side of the ball that had the best chance to produce Pro Bowl players for the Jaguars was on special teams. Brad Nortman, uh, the punter, was probably one of the better punters in the NFL. Didn't make it. Jason Myers is somebody uh, as a field goal kicker could possibly have made it. And then Hayes Pollard, the um, the standout special teamer, could have also made the the Pro Bowl, those guys had some of the best shot uh, to make it on this team. Whether or not that's a good thing, uh, I will leave that for you to decide. Oh, and by the way, to add insult to injury here, the Oakland Raiders, who many people just like the Jaguars predicted were going to have a good year, although maybe not to the extent that they're actually having, uh, but a team that was paralleled, I guess, with the Jacksonville Jaguars as the next up-and-coming team, or one of the next up-and-coming team, has seven Pro Bowlers to Jacksonville zero. Just food for thought. Speaking of Ramsey, by the way, he had an outburst following the Houston game that will probably catch the NFL's attention regarding... Um, what you can and can't say about the officiating crew in the same way that I believe Odell Beckham Jr. called out one of the referees, like a specific referee, Jalen Ramsey did the same thing following Houston's game and uh, the Houston game and called him a quote-unquote homer and said that he was uh, terrible at officiating and that he should be fired. Ramsey is probably going to catch some sort of fine. And I do think that this latest outburst regarding Ramsey is representative of one of the reasons that Gus Bradley is no longer here in Jacksonville. And that's a relative lack of accountability in that locker room. There's, The New England Patriots don't do this. You know, the best franchise in the league does not do this. They don't have players consistently, you know, knocking officiating and being outlandish, I guess. They're a quiet 
they seem to be a quiet, buttoned-up organization, and that is not what this demonstrates. There seems to be, I guess, a lack of leadership. Somebody in that locker room has to talk to to Ramsey. That stuff is not okay. That'll get you. That'll get you obviously in a tough position with the league because now he's going to catch a fine, and then maybe it affects the way that he's looked at. We've already seen how they uh, officiating crews sort of give Odell Beckham Jr., right or wrong, you know, the eyeball after some of the things that he did last year. And so that now they, they I, I don't want to say that they referee the game differently because of him, but they are more aware of his presence and that could be detrimental to the the team itself. But really the overruling or the overriding thing here, the storyline you get from this is that there really isn't, there never has been any kind of accountability in Jacksonville's locker room. And really you go back, now this is a young team, so it's almost, it's not completely surprising that they're, you know, you're, you're going to have young guys act out like this, but the there's other instances in which this has become apparent, like when Malik Jackson got kicked out the Oakland game and Jalen Ramsey soon thereafter followed, or Blake Bortles remaining the starter after not producing a game in and game out and just having a miserable game time and time again, and this kind of outburst, this kind of continual distraction, and and Ramsey has had this problem so far this year with the Steve Smith thing, the, the little incident with Steve Smith in Baltimore, or against Baltimore, I should say, in which he said that he didn't respect Steve Smith, and they sort of got into some kind of altercation when Ramsey got ejected uh, in the game against Oakland. The first game of the season where he was trash-talking Aaron Rodgers. A couple of these incidents here and there are not necessarily a big thing. You know, stuff happens during the season, and and stuff gets said, but you look at a a 2-14 and team, and you can start to see where some of the bricks haven't been laid you can start to see where they're not necessarily buttoned up and how exactly that translates into the record that they have. Again, I bring you to teams like New England, Kansas City, successful teams, both of them, that don't seem to really have these problems. Oakland. You don't hear much of this stuff about the Oakland Raiders. Or you haven't heard much of this stuff about the Oakland Raiders this season, but they haven't had these distractions that we've heard of. And so really, in comparison to some of the more successful teams in the NFL this season, the Jaguars are not nearly as buttoned up, obviously. And it it really does start with accountability if everybody is held accountable and there's leadership in the locker room then you know you don't hear about this stuff from Ramsey and maybe overall now I'm not saying that Ramsey's 
outburst directly affects their win-loss record, but just the general culture, like the winning cultures in the NFL, do not display this kind of sideshow. And that contributes to Jacksonville's record. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on today's edition of Locked on Jaguars. I'm your host, Kerry Belkin. Locked on Jaguars is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the fastest growing audio network in the world today. Don't forget to check out Locked on NFL and Locked on NBA or any of the other podcasts dedicated to bringing you the most unique and fresh perspective surrounding your favorite team. And we do that every Monday through Friday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tomorrow, we're going to be previewing the Tennessee Titans game on Christmas Eve right here in Everbank. How does Jacksonville respond to a team that destroyed them a little over a month ago? How do they respond after having their head coach fired? That remains to be seen, but hopefully it ends with a different result and we'll discuss more about this game tomorrow. See you then. Take care. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.